Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim. And Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome to Right Spokane Perspective on your Tuesday candidate feature episode. I know, folks, we've been doing candidates almost every day, and there's a reason for that. Your ballots are coming in the mail. The ballots are (laughs) dropping. They're coming in the mail, and you've got to make that decision. And even though you might not be a resident of the candidate that we interviewed, whether it was last week or today, you might know someone in that area that needs help getting their ballot turned in. And the best way to get a ballot filled in is to make an informed decision. That's why we do these interviews. Again, rightspokaneperspective.com. You can grab all the podcasts from candidates and share them with your friends out in Deer Park, Liberty Lake, or Medical Lake, like the interview we're going to do today with Dennis Schilling, who is running for Medical Lake School Board. And uh, those are local elections. They they impact you and your children the most, whether it's city council, school board. we got to encourage people to get those ballots turned in. And uh, school board's been a big one recently where people have really been woken up after seeing the educational models after COVID and the distance learning and also wanting to be engaged for their children and their grandchildren and the children in their community's future. We're going to dive into the conversation with Dennis Schilling after inspiration. Our inspiration today is pretty fitting. It's talking about fighting flashy things. In the 1960s era TV show, The Andy Griffiths Show, a man tells Andy he should let his son Opie decide how he wants to live. Andy disagrees. You can't let a young'un decide for himself. He'll grab at the first flashy thing with shiny ribbons on it. Then when he finds out there's a hook in it, it's too late. Wrong ideas come packaged with so much glitter, it's hard to convince them that other things might be better in the long run. He concludes that it's important for parents to model right behavior and help keep temptation away. Andy's words are related to the wisdom found in Proverbs. Start children off in the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Although many may read these words as a promise, they're really a guide. All of us are called to make our own decision to believe in Jesus, but we can help lay a biblical foundation through our love for God and Scripture. And we can pray that as the little ones under our care mature, they choose to receive Christ as Savior and walk in His ways and not the paths of the wicked. Our own victory over flashy things through the Holy Spirit's enabling us is also a powerful testimony. Jesus' Spirit helps us to withstand temptation and molds our lives into examples worth imitating. Heavenly Father, help us to instill your values into the hearts of the children that you have placed in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, the prayer definitely is encouraging because we should be guiding children in the way that they should go. And that's the encouraging side of it. The discouraging side is if you don't guide children in the way that they should go, you might have a millstone around your neck. And I think that when we look at our children, the education that they're receiving, and and some of the social things that are in social medias, the things in our world that are, are really taking children for granted or they're attacking our children in ways that aren't, aren't appropriate, silence is acceptance. Silence is an action. So we have to take action to protect the future of these children, the future of our communities, the future of our government, the future of business and ethics, 
all of those things are going to be a reflection of the children that are being brought up today. We've done lots of school board candidates. We've done city council candidates. We've talked to people about uh, areas in their libraries and public infrastructure, law enforcement, all things that actually do touch our children. More specifically today, we're talking about a school board, Medical Lake. Dennis Schilling is running for that position. Thanks for coming into the studio. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, let the listeners know who is Dennis Schilling. What have you done with your life and what led you up to run into school board? I know that's a, a big question, but just see what you can do in the next few minutes. Yeah. Okay. I'll give it a shot. Could be long. I'm 69 years old, so I've had a lot of living behind me there, but I, I'm, I've been in Medical Lake 14 years. I'm retired from a 30-year career in from CF Industries uh, Incorporated. It's a fertilizer manufacturing and distribution company. So I did spend 30 years there with that company. Learned a lot there. It was a great place. Before was uh, lived in Ritzville. So I'm a, a small town guy. I love rural. The industry that you were in screams Ritzville because agriculture, Washington grows literally food for the world. We have the most diverse crops in the country aside from California and the need for things having to do with pesticides, herbicides, or just creating good soil for production of food is right there in Ritzville. And I also happen to know your uh, state uh, Senate representative that you've had there for years in uh, Mark Schessler over mm -hmm. there in, in Ritzville. So you've, you spent a lot of time over in Ritzville with this company. Then you said 30 years, uh, 30. Yeah. And before that, even I had 14 or was it 16, 16 years in a small, uh, in a small town fertilizer company there that was owned and operated in Ritzville. So I've been with agriculture a long time. I was always happy to be involved with agriculture and feeding people. It was a great place, you know, to work. I knew I was doing something good for people. So I was happy about that. So that that was that's basically my background is agriculture. Agriculture. So now you're looking at a, a place where you're going to be helping grow children and looking at those food products that uh, are produced somewhat uh, in the area of Ritzville and, and mm -hmm. the industry that you're in. So, you know, married children, grandchildren. Uh, yeah, I am married uh, married to Kirsty for uh, about 14 years. And uh, we moved to Ritz, or to, excuse me, to Medical Lake together uh, 14 years ago. Uh, I have three. She had three together, blended family. So we're six between us. And uh, a couple of them graduated from Medical Lake. Uh, I have a grandson who's in the Medical Lake School District right now. And I have three grown children that are in the area. Uh, love so children all. that might have children. So you got skin in the game here. You've got uh, oh, yeah. offspring now and possibly future offspring that will end up in the Medical Lake schools. Yes, possibly. And so that that's... Uh, I Is that what brought you to running for school board? Well, I retired about two years ago, a little over two years ago, uh, while I was working. Uh, and so we lived in Medical Lake, retired two years, been there. We found a fantastic church home there. Medical Lake Community Church is where we attend every week and more. I'm an elder uh, for the church there, co-worship leader uh, there at church. So I love it there. It's a, it's a wonderful place. Um, the, it's a family so that's one of the strong points of Medical Lake for me is that church family. But as it's a result, kind of a community church, so there's a lot of people obviously in the community right. that, that attend the church, and mm -hmm. so you you have that 
bonding time. I don't know if your church does lots of potlucks, but, you know, things get uh, talked about in, in church. There's this uh, weird thing in the Constitution, the right to assemble, whether it's a religious <laughs> gathering or community, community gathering. So you assemble and you meet with people, talk with people, and um, a school board, I'm sure, came up in some of those conversations. Oh, yeah. And have uh, our pastor's wife's a PCO for the Republican Party. She was more aware of what was going on currently I'm not political. I, I follow the events. I know what's going on in the country, the federal government, state, um, city, those kind of things. So I, I follow them, but I'd never run for an office. So this is your first time running for an elected office. Now, this is not a paid position out in uh, the Medical Lake School Board. No. This is a volunteer mm-hmm. position. Yep. Um, so looking at the Medical Lake School Board, is there uh, it, do you think there's an area where they could do better serving the taxpayers through their property taxes that pay for the schools and the, the children? I believe so. Uh, I've, I've been uh, in a pretty steep learning curve, I would guess I would say, uh, since I started to run. Our pastor's wife had said, hey, there's, there's positions open. We, we should try and influence for good uh, our school. And so... I'm hoping that's something that pastors and churches start saying start, more. Start saying more to, to their congregations mm-hmm. because it seems like people in religious faith have stepped away from the political realm because it can be so negative and and of course now it's more negative than ever because they want to silence things. There's all these other, when you and I were in school, while you were in school a little bit before I was, I wouldn't even have thought of the things that are going on now. Not, not even mm-hmm. a, I mean, it wouldn't even no. have been a nightmare. No. I mean, you just wouldn't even imagine that they'd be going on. Yeah. And so uh, in this learning curve of mine, I've attended, I guess you'd say, uh, participated in what was called School Board Academy. And so it was a great, it's Family Policy Institute. It was like uh, three, two and a half hour sessions of learning, you know, about what goes on in school boards, what uh, the responsibility of a school board director is, which is, I think, quite misunderstood. A lot of people don't really know what should be going on there and the importance of good school board members rather than be a rubber stamp for, you know, government school, superintendent uh, running the show. Uh, that's not how it should be. We, we should be looking out for our community and our student school board director is elected by people to represent them, the families, the students to the school. They're not beholden to the administration. They are there to help, to instruct, to see if there's ways that we can change for the better in our schools. And there's there's a lot of trends out there that are pushing away from good things in the schools. Uh, children being allowed to be uh, their own their own representative as, as young as maybe age nine. That hasn't got here, but I believe that State Washington law. State is yeah. 13, isn't it? What of thirteen for most medical decisions, but when you're talking about this new issue, it was uh, Senate Bill fifty five ninety nine. I don't believe there's an age limit. I think at uh, kindergarten you can go to school and represent yourself, uh, maybe away from what uh, your parents or maybe your physician has uh, has recommended. Right. And so, you know, there's the mental health crisis that's going on with our youth uh, of all ages is is shocking to me, and so. I'm glad that you're running for school board. I'm glad there's so many people running for school board. And you brought this up just a moment ago. It's often misunderstood. 
what the job of a school board is. And it depends on what your perception is of what a school board member should do. And a lot of folks just think, oh, well, it's deciding whether they get new helmets in the sports program. Well, that might be part of it. Uh, it might just be the budget. Oh, do they get new buses? Yeah, there's that. Some people's perception of school boards is that they're a rubber stamp for, like you said, the administration or teachers' unions, or maybe the school board's job is uh, – not to look at the curriculum because we just do whatever the state does. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they just decide whether we get more snow days, right? So it's really misunderstood. But I think more and more people are are being educated on what's going on with school boards because of the pandemic, the masking, the all the the things that were going on in the mm -hmm. distance learning, and so many of us for years probably just thought the school board's job was to make sure that children using the largest portion of our tax dollars from our property taxes. We're supposed to make sure children got reading, writing, arithmetic, history, and it was that simple. Why is anyone have to be worried about it? Well, we've found out recently why we do need to be worried about it because our children are being put in uh, situations that uh, adults couldn't handle, I think, in often uh, cases. Right. There's a few programs in there that are, uh, and I think my opponent in the race has intimated that, you know, I pr maybe I don't understand all these issues. I don't, I'm not educated enough to know what's going on there, which is definitely not the case. Um, I've worked hard at, at learning issues, learning what's going on out there, legislation that's affected our school, things that are coming down uh, on us if we don't resist some of these things that are not right. And well, so and the, the state school board uh, system is supposed to be done at the local level. We're not supposed to have a top down from Olympia approach and we're going to have to take a break and I want to come back in because that's, that's something that I, I want to address that there was some local media that was put out. And of course, the thing is, oh, you're not qualified to run for an office. Well, you went through 69 years of life. You raised children. You worked for a successful company. I think you're qualified to represent the people because a lot of people would think, hey, this is a great person to represent me. They see my values. And what does it take to be qualified? It takes walking the neighborhoods, talking to the people that you're asking to vote for you so that you understand what their concerns are. That's what qualifies you to run for office. I would like to see more elected officials that want to represent the public and spend the money wisely than more politicians that want to push radical agendas. We're going to take a break. We're going to be right back. It's Dennis Schilling. If you'd like to contact him, if you live in the Medical Lake area or you have someone you need to get some information to that can vote in the Medical Lake School Board elections, it's Range Rider 777 at protonmail.com. We'll be right back. We want to thank God and you, the listeners, for the opportunity to continue the Right Spokane Perspective radio show and podcast programming. Listeners, it's because of your support we continue to bring you facts, commentary, and alerts on what's happening in local government, politics, and issues affecting us all. Please send your most generous support to Right Spokane Perspective, LLC, P.O. Box 7620, Spokane, WA 99207. Thanks again, and back to the show. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective again. This is a candidate interview. We are talking to Dennis Schilling, running for Medical Lake School Board. His email, if you want to ask him questions about the elections and education, it's rangerider777 at protonmail.com. Again, rangerider777 at protonmail.com. So these are local elections, folks. We got to get active. We got to get everyone we know to turn out and vote. If people are like-minded, they have common sense and IQ over 70, they've got to 
vote before the election is over. And that's coming up. The ballots are coming in the mail. You got to vote the first Tuesday in November. Now, for those folks that don't make sense and you can't figure out where they're coming from, they can go ahead and vote on Wednesday. <laughs> so the rest of us, get everyone you know to turn out and vote. These elections affect our children, our local communities, and uh, they spend the most amount of our tax dollars, believe it or not, when you're looking at your local municipal governments and your school boards. In fact, our school boards are making the decision to spend the largest portion of our tax dollars for our home. So if you have a mortgage, I'll put it this way. So my mortgage, it's like 30, 30, 30, 30% goes to the principal, 30% goes to the interest and the other 30% goes to government. And, uh, that's the schools. So the vast majority goes to the schools. So folks, we got to pay attention to where our tax dollars go, how they're being used and how they affect our children. So Dennis, jump back into the conversation. Uh, you've, you've done a lot of looking into this school board thing here recently. So kind of share your thoughts on uh, where the schools have gone and, and what you'd like to do to represent the local community in Medical Lake to, to have them go where you think they should go. All right. Yeah. Thanks. You know, I'm not uh, school bashing here because I, you know, we don't have a terrible school in Medical Lake. It's good. But uh, I'm a little concerned about the direction that's possible these days because of a lot of things that are coming down in society uh, from from uh, government, you know, state government. And uh, I think there's room to maneuver there to, to keep our school uh, in a way that our community would be happy with, that they would be glad to have that going on at school. Uh, rather than, you know, some things that are not taking a great direction. I know well, that we, the state level, just in the last couple of years, our state legislature, as well as uh, the state legislature giving lots of power to OSPI, and that is the uh, Office of the Superintendent of Public Instruction. Now, OSPI, in my view, doesn't even need to really exist to the extent that it does, but you have Chris Reichdell uh, and, you know, some West Coast politics, King County, uh, Snohomish Pierce, who typically uh, elect all the state level electeds, like our mm -hmm. governor, that doesn't really get elected from the rest of the state, pushing policy onto local school boards. And I think it's up to the local school boards to push back. Uh, against, uh, you know, some radical ideologies and and things that don't really represent the local school districts. And, and Medical right. Lake's going to be a little different than, like, where you went to school, Ritzville. Um, your children are going to school there, so you have a, a good idea of what's going on there. But you look at inner city schools are different than maybe the schools out in Deer Park. So having local control is important, and if we don't have school boards pushing for that local control – how are they representing how our tax dollars are used? Yeah, right. I mean, and that's that's one of the things that that I want to emphasize in how in my run is to restore those parental rights to them to be the primary stakeholder in their children. the The trend is to try and separate these kids from their parents and have the school be the primary stakeholder in their life. That is not right. I don't agree with that, and I would try to make sure that parents. Uh, for sure, stay in the loop. We we had some trouble in Medical Lake with with uh, the the public not being able to be to have a voice in our school board meetings for, and they've they've admitted themselves two years. And and you had to uh, be on the agenda to have anything to say. The agenda was already set, so if you didn't have anything uh, pertinent to that already set agenda, you weren't allowed to speak. There was no public forum. No, and so that's you know the the superintendent that was there 
had, th- there's a break here. So we now have a new superintendent. Uh, she seems like a real nice gal. Uh, talk to her. Uh, and so they're, I think they're looking to try and uh, show suddenly that now they're going to be all open and, you know, stay with the status quo. Uh, everything's going to be great, but I just don't see that. I think there, it's time for some new people to have new eyes on the situation there, to be able to look at the school, see how it's going. Maybe new eyes on the situation, like people that want to go to a meeting because they're recognized as the taxpayers that fund the operations of the organization and be able to interact. And I, so it sounds like you would be an advocate uh, when you are elected to the school board that you would open up the meetings to the public and maybe at least allow a comment period. Yes, for where, sure. I mean, obviously in, in meetings, if you have too much dialogue for one, the meetings go too long, things get out of hand, they go in weird directions and you've still got to get the work of the the people done, but at least have a public comment period mm-hmm. where elected officials can hear from the, the parents and from the taxpayers. Right. I mean, it's a balance of course to strike. I mean, you can't be there all night, but to, to be allowed to come and speak about any topic that you want for three minutes and, and for to be heard by the school board, and I would be, I would welcome that. I mean, maybe I wouldn't agree with everything that gets brought, but they should at least be able to say it, and and have a time that's open for that. So that would definitely be one thing. Well, and leaders, leaders don't make decisions just flippantly. Dictators do that. Uh, right. People that are driving agendas do that. If I was in a school board election, if there was fraud going on at one of the schools or maybe a waste of money somewhere that a policy decision, just because it's not on the agenda doesn't mean that somebody in the community doesn't see something important. Maybe an investment that could be made that'll save you money if you do it now instead of waiting. Right. Who knows? There's a lot of smart people out there that our public servants are supposed to be listening. Definitely. I agree. Yeah. So we would, we would be listening to them uh, there. And there's issues too, that I think we talk about, uh, you know, what my opponent talks about, uh, safety and, and talking about safety of children. But I, uh, in my view, I would be there to protect children from this, this new agenda that's coming along that would allow a boy in the girl's locker room and be, uh, unclothed in there in front of a young girl that to protect them I say no that shouldn't be allowed that's that's not right and so to say and that's not to say oh you don't support any LGBTQ people that's not true I would support them and I would support them by protecting them all including this this other scenario here that's unbelievable to me that that that's now being pushed as the right thing and you're in trouble if you don't support it that's that's not right well and as a taxpayer so if i was to go to a school board meeting at any school board including you know medical lake if i lived out there i'm a taxpayer and i don't really want to pay taxes to lawsuits because we decided that we're going to open up the bathrooms to whatever gender wants to be there Mm -hmm. and it's not just the bathroom issue it's also the locker rooms and that includes sports. Exactly. So when we look at sports, you know, I've, I've got uh, boys and girls, children, and I think of, okay, well, what if my son played football with my daughter? I don't think that would have worked out well because I know that I wouldn't let him tackle her at the, in the sure. front yard at the house, right? Because he'd yeah. clobber her. Oh, yeah. So you've got to protect the liability of the taxpayers also with those kinds of things where mm-hmm. I, I think it's not making sense where we're just opening everything up so you, you don't have the, the structure that we once had. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if you want to play other sports that uh, may not be as competitive, I'm sure that you've played in a church softball league that uh, it's open to both genders, right? Sure. So there's appropriate places and there's inappropriate places. Right, right. And, and inappropriate places for exposure to, to children. 
uh, of other uh, other sex. So that's an issue. Uh, the other would be uh, the transgender issue that's coming along, and whether I, I just feel like those things do not have a place in the school. Those are ideologies. Those are things that are being pushed in in, in social structure that really don't belong in school. We want to pull it back to just be the the things that the the school is there for that to learn to to learn the things that are going to help them be successful as they grow older get out in life not not a social construct not uh taken away from that i uh skills that lead to a productive adult life how about that yeah that's good <laughs> a that's life good. skills class which is exactly what i was going to say instead of all this social construct things that we see going on Shop it class. would really be nice if we could see them focusing on how about basic um i know they have accounting in high school or at least they used to but teaching these young adults how to change the tire how about how to check their oil on the car right. that they're going to drive balance and a some checkbook. of the balance a checkbook, um, sure. taking a look at mortgages and what it takes to get one, how to what cook it, a meal without a microwave <laughs> that used to be called home ec. We home did ec. take that out. <laughs> yeah. I think we should be bringing those things back seriously though. I agree. Those I think would benefit our young adults in, and even in the younger grades, uh, middle school, they, those classes would benefit those children a lot more than what we're seeing with all this socialization well, of I think relationship at classes. The schools and where we spend our money on all of these other things that we bring in, just the savings in the purchasing of curriculum and all the advisors and all the things that comes with all this other stuff that's not academics, uh, we could bring in some of those other things that are life skills. Right. Uh, we're lobbying you, and we don't even live in your district. But <laughs> for the folks in Medical Lake, uh, this is who's uh, yeah. here answering the question. Right. And for our listeners, we lobby everybody coming in for school board because hands-on learning is so much better. Well, we, we had a child care for a couple decades, so we worked oh, with okay. kids a lot. So we, we kind of know where young children are at, and the stuff that's getting pushed is not where right. the, the children are at or, or the things that they need. Mm-hmm. It's great because I have a couple of resources of people that I know who have been uh, teachers for many years and uh, have helped me, for one thing, to understand a little bit more about the the SEL, the social emotional learning, uh, again, law that's come down. The normal person doesn't know what that's even about. And then so someone who uh, my opponent would say, you know, you guys don't understand what it's about. You know, it's working great. Just leave it alone. You know, the experts know what they're doing. But the actual on the ground teacher that I knew who was very sharp, great person said what they got was a, you know, an hour and a half course on suddenly that they're a psychologist. And then they have to examine all their students every day, see how their, their emotions are doing, and then write a report at the end of the day that just piled on a bunch of paperwork for the teacher Mm-hmm. And, and as a teacher, I can tell you it doesn't work. Social emotional learning is all about observation. So you're not engaging with Johnny as he's learning how to tie his shoes. You're watching him have a breakdown and then you're documenting right. how many minutes it took him to calm himself down. It is the most ridiculous and, thing and I've it, ever seen. And his ability to learn how to tie his shoes while you're sitting there documenting it instead of helping him. Okay, you make the loop this way, you go this way. So the, right. the thing is, is that we learned in the in the early learning area child care area that the social emotional learning really what it does is it puts the teacher like you said in the place of a psychologist and then the teacher's no longer teaching they're analyzing the children right. and here it's uh you know october 17th it's time to 
look at these students that are on the schedule. I'm going to analyze them today and do the paperwork. Well, what if, what if Erica had a grandparent die two days ago? She's going to totally react to all of these analysis you're supposed to do differently now than she did two weeks ago. So it's totally inappropriate mm-hmm. in an educational setting. And, um, and I think that we're, we're failing in too many other areas in English, math, writing, and, and those kinds of things, you know, so yeah. focus on those. That's where the dollars need to be spent because that's what's going to lead them to a successful life and career. Yeah. I, we were able to look at the scorecard and, and Mark Hudson, a friend who is also running, uh, is a great resource. He's a, he's a good researcher. And so he's researched some great things in the law for one thing, but he also looked at our scorecard for, for scores in medical lake. And they're, they're not great. They're, they're down in the 47, 57 percentile, uh, for math and science. And so we're, uh, you're there's room district, for improvement. You're better than district 81 was some of that. I think the math were, think we're like at 30%, 35. but, uh, yeah, yeah, we need greater outcomes for these children. And, uh, you know, I want to give you a, um, a high five, like a kudos. You're running for school board. You're diving into this as a parent, grandparent, and you want to get in there and make sure the tax dollars are used wisely. Folks, again, it's Dennis Schilling. He's running for Medical Lake School Board. Contact him at rangerider777 at protonmail.com if you're in the district and you have a question about education. And folks out there, if you have friends that live out in the Medical Lake School Board area, go ahead and send them this interview so that they can hear from the candidate and get those ballots filled in because they're coming in the mail this week. All that being said, thanks for coming in, Dennis. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll be with you folks again tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are sponsored by Right Spokane Perspective LLC and made possible by advertisers you hear and contributions from listeners like you.